Hey everyone, welcome to AV Insider. As always, I'm your host, Johnny Moda. If you don't know me by now, then you've probably been listening to a different show, and in which case, why? You're here now, stay along for the ride. As I mentioned, my name is Johnny. This is AV Insider, a show on the Rave Radio Network, which can be found at ravepubs.com. So head over to ravepubs.com. You can check out all the blogs, posts, videos, demos, other podcasts on the Rave Radio Network, on the Rave Radio tab, which are all uniquely individual side of my own some fun stuff industry friends have their own shows there you should definitely check them out at ravepubs.com under the rave radio tab as i mentioned my name is johnny this is av insider the show is not about me it's about my guest who's no stranger to av insider in fact he's been on the show in the past but i'll let him talk about it himself or just in general today i have david kirk who is the vp of marketing at epipen video david how's it going Oh, it's going great. How are you doing, Johnny? Oh, man. Uh, it's it's going well. I don't know if it's going great, but it could always be better, I think. <laughs> so I think I think great go. is everyone's perception, but I think, it's, I think things are well. It's 2018. We're living in the future. Uh, I still don't have a hoverboard yet, so that's one thing <laughs> that I have, but you know what? We'll figure it out. <laughs> It's probably coming soon. I, I would hope so. Someone put one out. Uh, actually, there was a couple different ones that I saw that were kind of unique, but they're not the traditional sense back to the future hoverboard. It's a little bit different. Yeah. 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 So for people who are unfamiliar with you and Epifan, why don't you give us a quick little overview about yourself, right? And, and your, your knowledge of how you got into the industry, where you are now, and then lead into just a general overview of Epifan video. Sure. Um, so I'm in charge of the marketing at Epifan Video. So that's the product marketing as well as, as kind of the product management piece. Uh, so the main role there is to really connect with our customers and their end customers to figure out what are they trying to do with live video? Uh, what tools do they need? What kind of stuff are they using today and where do they want to go tomorrow? Um, so that's, that's mainly my role is figuring out you know, how our products fit in their networks and their systems today and where they're going tomorrow, what we need to build for the future. And um, I started at Epifan, I guess about six years ago. And uh, it's, it's been a really great company to work with. We've really evolved from a company that started doing very simple capture devices, yeah. sort of external capture cards for USB, and then really evolved into doing these streaming and recording systems like Pearl 2, which we're gonna talk about today. Cool. Very cool. Uh, just an overall for people that are unfamiliar or maybe you didn't already listen to this episode. If you go back in time to August 12th, 2014, episode 28, that's where I interviewed David the first time. And you can get a, a good overview of this, uh, of the company as it is uh, or was back then. Cause since then they've, they've done some rebranding. They've done some expanding. They've, they've, uh, they've launched Pearl too, which we're going to talk about here soon. But Go back in time to episode 28, Epifan Systems and Screen Capture Technology. That was dated August 12, 2014, almost four years ago, David. That's been a while. I didn't think it was that long, but apparently time slipped by very, yeah, I didn't very think it was fast. that long either. When we were chatting about it in the office, I said, yeah, I think that was about a year and a half, maybe two years ago. So, yeah, time slipped by, that's for sure. Well, it's definitely time for a redo on Epifan. Let's, let's talk about Pearl 2, uh, which, which is uh, – is that something that's currently on the market or that's what's coming? No, that's, that's currently on the market. So we released it uh, about a year and a half ago. Okay. And uh, it's been a great product for us. It's, 
it had a predecessor. So we had Pearl, which we launched in September of 2014. Yes. And then Pearl 2 was really a refresh of that, which we released in 2016, kind of late 2016, September, October time frame. And Pearl 2 is really a refresh from Pearl, which is um, kind of a multi-camera or multi-input all-in-one production box. So it does the capture of the video and audio sources, does recording and streaming um, and switching and mixing, all of that stuff in one little kind of tidy box. Huh. And really meant for other fixed applications where you've got it kind of rack mounted, say in a, a lectern for education or something like that, or even taking it on the road. So we got a portable version that comes with a little hard shell case that you can kind of cart around with you, set up and tear down as you do, say, keynote speeches or breakout rooms or whatever it is. Um, so it's really all in one little production box. Is there any some sort of uh, acronym for the, behind the name Pearl? Uh, what, what's the, the reasoning behind its name? Yeah, so the name actually came from um, kind of two attribute, attributes of Pearl. What we wanted was something that was um, kind of seemed to be very, very um, robust and, and durable, right? Mm -hmm. And we also wanted something that, that was a kind of a premium product, right? So something that wasn't so simple, a little bit sought after. So we were looking for something we, we kind of fell on Pearl. So it's not really an acronym. It's just something we thought that described the product as kind of, um, you know, a nicely polished product yet kind of durable and, and uh, timeless. Okay. So that was what we were looking for in the name. So let me ask you this. So this is definitely geared towards the pro AV integrator, correct? Yeah, that's our main market. So we see it in pro AV, we see it in education, even legal. So hmm. it's been used in a whole bunch of things, but the, the main sort of market that we're driving towards is the pro AV market for sure. Yeah. Okay. So can you give me a, an example, a prime example of how Pearl 2 it would be used? And it could be for any one of those markets, honestly. Yeah, sure. So the biggest one is... Um, say pro AV guys who are doing more of a setup and tear down uh, streaming and recording of a large conference, say. So big event like take CES or something like in Las Vegas this last week um, or a couple weeks back. Uh, there would be some very large general sessions and some keynote speeches on a large stage. So you'd have multi-camera, big wide shot to get the whole auditorium. You'd have a nice close crop camera that would get the speaker. And then you've got all the material that's being presented. And at the big keynotes, there's often multiple screens with content going on. So the idea of Pearl is you can walk in there, set up your cameras, uh, bring in all the audio and video from those computers, from the presentations that are going on, as well as multiple cameras. And then you're able to create what we call different layouts and be able to live switch between them. So you can go from full screen of the slides or the presentation material to a full screen of the speaker, or you can picture and picture them. So you've got these kind of infinite possibilities of how many layouts you want to create and how you scale and, and place the various sources uh, into those layouts. And then you can like switch in between them. Um, so the idea is that uh, someone who's hired to go in and record and stream this big keynote, um, they go in, they set up their cameras, they plug it all into Pearl, they plug in their audio stuff into Pearl. And then from there, they do all their live switching and, and streaming as well as recording. So at the end of the event, they've got a full record of their ISOs from all those sources, 
as well as that switch program that they created that's recorded and they can be streaming that live as, as they go. Wow. Now, um, Remind me again, because it's been almost four years, and I, yeah. <laughs> I forgot, excuse me. Uh, what is Epfen's business model? Are you like a direct to your dealers? Do you have a mix of that and distribution? Or what's, what's the best way to get your products? Yeah, so we go through distribution. So we have distributors around the world. And then those distributors will either go directly to dealers or to integrators. And a lot of it is into integrators. And then those integrators serve those end customers that are looking to either purchase the product for themselves or purchase the product to build a project for say a larger build. Um, so it's, it's a little bit indirect in that we go through distribution, distribution then goes through integrator, integrators or dealers, and then it ends up at the end user after that. In the year, year and a half that Pearl 2 has been on the market, what is the number one biggest request, if any, that uh, your dealer base has asked for within Pearl 2 or Pearl 3 that's coming, right? Like <laughs> yeah, something that, like really, they're constantly asked, like, we really want this. Yeah, uh, well, there's a bunch of things, So, and, and some of it we're working on. So just to give you some background, when we first launched Pearl way back in September of 2014, um, it was kind of a first-generation hardware platform, and it, it – it very little in terms of all the capabilities that I just spoke about. So it didn't have switching. It only brought in uh, two live sources and this kind of stuff. And what we did was we launched the platform and then we revved the firmware as we go to add more capabilities and features. And we did, we took the same approach with Pearl 2. So Pearl 2 launched in September of 2016 and we've added features like chroma keying was a, a recent one that we added so that, um, you know, typical green screen kind of idea. You can take your background out, put in, put in whatever you like. Or the other application for that is lower thirds where you bring in, let's say you're running like a new blue FX or some kind of titling software on your laptop. You can then take the output of that laptop, plug it into one of our HDMI ports on Pearl and then create, you know, fully uh, 3D graphic images for lower thirds or whatever you want. Bring that in on a Chroma channel. So we use Chroma King to get rid of the background and then overlay that lower third on top. Um, so these are the kind of features that people have been asking us for. Um, and we've been kind of on a release train of about three releases a year. Um, so we try to release um, basically January, which is right before the ISE show in, in Europe. Mm -hmm. And then we release again in June um, before the Infocom show. And then again in September before IBC. So we've been um, adding kind of features as we go to Pearl, uh, you know, starting with Pearl 1 and then all the way up to Pearl 2. But the um, things like lower thirds, um, uh, you know, multilingual support. So having lots of audio channels coming in and be able to, to mix those, that, those have been big features. Um, a, a separate uh, device to control it. So we have a front screen on Pearl that you can use to do all the switching and confidence monitoring. One of the things we added partway through was the ability to do that on a separate tablet or phone or whatever. So now we have a responsive mobile kind of interface where if you're in a large venue, you can be walking around the venue and still controlling Pearl from say a, a tablet or a, 
or an iPad or that kind of thing. So we've got quite a long list actually of things that people have been asking for and we kind of work our way through them as we go and three times a year we release new features out onto the platform. So the remote monitoring or, or via your app or however, actually is it, is it actually an app or is it just a web-based platform that you're dialing into? Yeah, we did it web-based because we wanted it to be kind of truly portable to absolutely anything. So sure. any device that you can open a browser on um, will will allow this and we did it in a nice responsive way so that if you are on a phone it kind of formats to that kind of orientation if you're on a bigger screen then you get a slightly different layout um, but it's all web-based so you're really just opening a browser on whatever device you're using and then connecting back into our our web server got it I'm just gonna take a quick note here for the uh, for the uh, the post show stuff notes for my post this Made it web-based purely so BlackBerry users don't get upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same or, or whatever you said, basically. But that's what I got out of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, from from our point of view, you know, it's nice from the user's point of view that all you have to do is open a browser, right? There's nothing to be installed yeah. on that device. Right. But also, from our point of view, it's very nice because every time there's a new iOS update or Android update, we're not having to rev an app and test it on 50 different devices. Right. So it makes it easy for us to continue to, to add features to that without having to test it on a zillion platforms every sure. time there's a rev in iOS or something. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It's really forced our hand to go that way because doing an app is, is nice, but it, it requires a lot of maintenance and then you spend more time doing maintenance and less time adding features because just iOS and, and Android is revving so fast and so many hardware devices get, get generated every year as yeah. tablets change and phones change. It's, it's pretty tough to keep up with that stuff. Well, it's a good, a uh, little bit of insight for some of the people out there maybe are, are sticking with the app format and because I've, I've had that same issue with features, right? So a new, a new update comes out or, um, uh, you get a different, you get a different, um, update or a different something that's not supported. And then you really need to go back and and wait for the updates to come and unfortunately that doesn't always work on android one being the fragmentation and that there are so many devices out there and not all of them are getting updated what i was saying was that uh that's good insight for other other developers and in, in hardware i am a fan of the app when it comes from a manufacturer but like you're saying is that the issue that i see is i'll give it a prime example is that a device is launched and the first app generally speaking is if they aren't doing both major um, platforms and mobile is iOS. That's just the way it is. Not always, but generally. And for me, I, I'm a, a Google fan, ride or die for life, even though I like playing with both, but I, I just prefer Android. That's just me. So that being said, I'm left out and I have, I have new devices sitting on my shelf here that I can't use because I don't have the iOS app. I can use them, but I, not to their full potential. I have to wait until the update. So let's say a venue buys this hardware and it only supports one of the platforms and they don't use that one. Well, that's not great. So then what happens is eventually they get the app and then, oh, great, we have these features, but they're not full feature rich like the iOS one is, or you know, we're waiting to get that. And then they get the update and oh, I'm on an older device that isn't supported and it's not going to get the over there update from Google or whatever. And now it's old and... It, you come lagging and waiting and waiting. And if anything, it's more frustrating than it is adding value. So I like the idea that you're 
you're going to a web-based browser because like I said, you can just pick any device, connect to the internet and just go forward from there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think that's great. Um, again, you know, I like the concept of having an app on my phone, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter if I can just dial into my device and just move forward. Exactly. Yeah. So what would you say is next for Epifan video in general? It doesn't have to be Pearl three. It doesn't have to be anything. I mean, what's, what's the future of, of uh, Epifan in general? Well, I think, you know, we're still very focused on obviously live video. That that's our big piece, right? If, if, if the video isn't being shot live and shared live with an audience, then we're not an obvious fit, but anytime where you've got real live content and you want to get it out there quickly, either record it as is, and then, and then, you know, do minimal post-processing on that or to actually stream it live that's that's where we're really focused and we see video just taking off in in so many different areas um that there's there's more sort of opportunity out there than than we can capitalize on and one of the trends that we're starting to address is is as you mentioned just a minute ago things all moving towards cloud-based services and we, yeah. we recently launched a, a cloud-based service called av studio Oh. And the idea there is I think one of the longer term trends that, that we're seeing is that Pearl is, is geared towards putting a lot of intelligence right at the edge so that in that large venue, like we talked about a, a keynote at a conference or something like that, you'd have an AV pro sitting at a desk that's got all this stuff, all this gear connected and operating it in the venue itself. Where we want to go is to be able to automate to that to the point where the devices that are on premise are super simple and pushing the data into the cloud. And then you can produce that event from anywhere right through the cloud portal. And that's, that's kind of a longer term strategy for us where we see things going. We'll continue to address the venues where you want to get in there and do things locally, but we see a lot of value in being able to remotely produce those events with minimal staff on site and still be able to give the same sort of user experience of that live stream or, or recorded VOD, but reduce the cost of producing those things by allowing it to be done remotely. You are leading the way for, and the rest of these cloud-based manufacturers, you put some AI in there and then basically Skynet's become self-aware and then nobody has jobs. We're all running for our lives. <laughs> Yeah, well, developers will have jobs, maybe, but... but <laughs> maybe. <yeah. laughs> Only to develop them more robot overlords. But I, I, yeah. I think that's correct, yeah. We see a lot of AV over IP, AV... People are now calling it IoT, which isn't a new thing. It's just a new term, rebranded. Right. But, but yes, everything, you know, cloud-based, remote-monitored, AV as a service, all these yeah. things are sort of the new business model for the manufacturing and the integrator because this is the world we live in, right? Yeah. If you think about uh, employees doing the remote work, um, it makes sense. You know, I, I don't live in New York, but I have a job there and I can work, you know, over the internet. Great. I don't have to, you know, be in the office, another body that I don't have to warm up. I don't have to give a computer to, you can work from home. Great. That, there's a lot of people that do that today all over the world. And if you think about call centers, well, most of those aren't, <laughs> aren't here. So yeah, yeah remote, I mean, it is definitely one of the things that people are going to. Um, I want to go back to Pearl 2 really quick. I, I didn't ask, and maybe you mentioned I just didn't, I missed it. But what type of video formats does this support? 
So it's mainly H.264 based encoding. Okay. Um, and then, you know, various file formats. So whether you want that to be AVI or MP4 or MPEG TS, there's, there's various file containers that we can support, but it, inherently it's a H.264 uh, encoded file. So it's meant to be a pretty direct handoff file. So unlike something like uh, AJA has their key pro kind of recorder and that that is a ProRes or, or DNX oriented codec. And the whole idea behind those codecs is they're very light, uh, which means you get very large files and those files are meant to then be post-processed. So you're going to pull them into Adobe Premiere or Final Cut or something and then you're going you're gonna to process them out of there. And sometimes that's what you need. But a lot of times uh, you want to do very little post-processing to these files. You just want to cut heads and tails and go, here's my video. And that's, that's where we fit with the H.264 encoding is it's, it's ready to be consumed as opposed to a mezzanine kind of ProRes file, which needs to be post-processed before I can hand it off to somebody. Um, so one of the advantages we have with something like H.264 is if I've got a series of speakers that are coming up at a conference, um, they can each hand me a USB stick and I can just, as soon as they get off the stage, I plug that into Perl, it copies the file directly on the stick and I can hand it right back to them. And they've got a copy of their presentation as they're walking out the door. So you, there's no sort of me hauling large files back to the shop <laughs> and then post-processing them and days later handing them over. It's very immediate. And that's, right. that's one of the things Perl's uh, really strong at. Um, Hmm. I had a really good question in regards to Perl 2 and the file formats, but you kind of answered what, what you're getting with it. Oh, um, education. So does Epifan yeah. offer, offer any sort of education on, on their product, right? Like, so I'm a new dealer. I'm interested. I'm doing, I'm doing some stuff and I'm not fully up to speed on Epifan. I, I watched the five minute video on Perl 2. I'm sold, but yeah. maybe, maybe it's not enough education for me. I want a little more deep dive on, on really what you get in there that that and or any of the devices like av uh, what you call it, av software av your new av studio, AV yep. studio right so yep. if i want to learn that kind of stuff can a potential dealer get education through epifin absolutely yeah so our dealers and even our distributors we give them hands-on training uh either like for example ise is coming up um integrated systems europe so i'll be traveling to amsterdam and few of our Lucky. technical guys will be with me. Um, we'll meet with our distributors and some of our, some of their dealers over there to do face-to-face -face, hands-on training kind of mm -hmm. before the show, after the show. Um, but in addition to that, we have basically a studio, a full studio set up in our Ottawa office that outfitted with a bunch of cameras and using Pearl 2 as a, as a device to broadcast, we can basically do training out of there where we are your hands, but you can tell us exactly what you need to see. So customers connect with us and say, I want to learn how to connect up three cameras in a computer and do a picture in picture layout and switch between them all and stream it to Facebook. We can show you all that in a live demonstration right over the web um, where you can see the full UI for Pearl and how we're setting everything up. You can see the cameras in the studio. Um, so that's, that's another level. And then of course we've got a ton of content just in our YouTube videos, training videos and stuff that's, that's on our YouTube channel. So if you, if you search Pearl two on our YouTube channel, you'll see there's, you know, individual videos on just about any topic you need. Like how do I set up chroma keying on Pearl or how do I set up a multi 
switching channel on Pearl or how do I set Pearl up to stream directly to Facebook and YouTube? These kind of things, we've got these video segments already kind of recorded in there. So there's multiple ways we can do it. People usually consume those videos, uh, get a pretty good idea of everything, and then they've got their list of questions, and then we hop on a demo and we just rip through their questions and go, all right, you want to see this, you want to see that. We throw it together, and within half an hour or an hour, they're, they're good to go. Yeah. Now, um, <clears throat> we already mentioned IC. You mentioned CES. I don't know if you were there or not, but what other shows can we find EpiPen at? Yeah, so um, ISE is the next one that's coming up. That's um, February uh, 6th in Amsterdam. Then we'll be at NAB in in Las Vegas in okay. April. Yeah. We'll be at Infocom also in Vegas this year, and that's in June. And then we're at IBC uh, that's back in Amsterdam. Um, that's kind of the, the European equivalent of the NAB show, mm -hmm. and that's in September. So those are our four big ones. And then there usually are a few of these kind of very industry specific ones that we will go to through the year, sometimes education based, sometimes legal based, um, wherever we see kind of a fit and, you know, we need to touch base back with, with that particular uh, industry segment. We'll sometimes join. We went to a couple worship shows. One was WFX in, uh, it was in Kentucky, um, Louisville, Kentucky, uh, not this year but the year before. So we went to that show because we had a lot of people in the worship segment using Pearl 2, using our webcaster product to broadcast their, their worship ceremony. So that was, that was a big one for us. We didn't do it this year, but we'll probably do it again next year. So we've got kind of the four anchor shows are the ISE, Infocom, NAB, and IBC. And then we've got industry specific ones that we kind of touch on throughout the year as well. Cool. Now, uh, and then you, the industry ones are the more of the localized, smaller shows, right? Uh, regional? Exactly. Yeah. They tend to be smaller and very regional. Um, so again, we, you know, we could fill our entire calendar uh, with, with these smaller shows and keep ourselves busy all year, but um, it's, it's pretty tough to do that. So we, we basically go to those four big ones and then we pick some small ones each year to kind of round out the schedule and keep us busy, but not too crazy. Cool. Now, um, are you going to be announcing anything coming up, up at ISC or now? We are actually. So we're going to be given a product preview at ISC. Ooh, and uh, I can't tell you a ton of detail, but I can tell you it's like a little brother to Pearl. So we're going to be extending that Pearl product line. Pretty um, cool. I'm interested. Product. Yeah. We won't be shipping it. Like we're not announcing it for, for sale at ISC, but we're given a product preview. Okay. So Very cool. Have, that we've got the hardware prototypes in the lab and they're up and running and so we'll be we'll be bringing that to market very soon after ISE. Well now I'm definitely interested. Um, <laughs> speaking of ISE and, and all this stuff if if someone's there which unfortunately I can't make it this year boo me I know but yeah. my rape team will be there and other people uh, in the industry I'm sure will want to come by and see you. Uh, do you happen to know the booth number that you'll be at? Yeah I do actually we're in hall 11 Wow. And then we're booth C-115. You know, every time I ask that question, it's I'm like, why did you ask me? Why did you tell me before the show you were going to ask me the booth number, Johnny? You're a jerk. <laughs> well, I <laughs> asked you because I knew you were going to know. You're the marketing guy. If you didn't know, well, I'm going to get in trouble yeah. for asking you at the wrong yeah. time. <laughs> one more yeah, time. Hall 11. 11, which is one of, the, one of the really popular halls, actually. So um, we got a great spot there. Um, and we'll be showing all of our product 
at ISE. So you'll see Pearl 2, AV Studio, Webcaster, the whole deal. So we'll have all of our products out there for people to come and try and check out. And it should that, be a lot of fun. That's great. Um, is there anything else that we should mention about Pearl or uh, anything about Epiphenyl we haven't mentioned? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, we've, we've kind of covered, covered yeah. quite a bit there. I mean, you mentioned, you know, what, what's beyond Pearl 3 and that kind of thing. And, and we're starting to look at that kind of thing. But to be honest, Pearl 2 is really still hitting the, the segment very well. Um, yeah. So we don't see the need for a bigger kind of next generation Pearl platform, like a Pearl 3 uh, in the next sort of six to 12 months, but maybe beyond that. Um, what we're finding is, you know, Pearl 2, even though it was out, a uh, year and a bit ago, it's it, we already had like 12G SDI built right in and 4K HDMI and that kind of stuff. So as a hardware platform, we're finding it's lasting really well in the markets. Yeah. We went pretty aggressive on the hardware side to make sure it was kind of future-proof and had those kind of features. And now we're really filling it out with, with software features as we go. Um, and we're seeing that, that, you know, people are just getting around, you know, every time I go to these shows, NAB or IBC or ISE, I'm always visiting all the large camera vendors going around and finding out, you know, when are they going to get beyond, um, you know, for their SDI interfaces beyond 3G SDI, because a lot of them are still on that. And, and if you want a full 4K signal at 60, you have to go to a quad 3G. So you got four of these cables coming out. It's, it's a little bit messy. And <laughs> That's one thing that really surprised us was we, we thought that the adoption to 6G and 12G SDI would go pretty soon after we released Pearl, and that's still just catching on. So what we're finding is that that Pearl platform still has a lot of legs, and, uh, and that's great for us because we can then really keep focusing on delivering more, more firmware features and more capabilities into that same platform if it seems to be lasting really well. In terms of firmware features and such, uh, how do the updates happen? I mean, is it something that happens over the or, um, you know, via the internet, or how, what are we looking at? Like, so, like, yeah, let's say, good. Yeah, it's a firmware download. So basically, once once we release that firmware, there's actually an automatic process. I mean, the box basically checks home every once in a while and says, "Is there an upgrade available for me?" And when it finds one, then next time you fire up your box, you'll have a little window that says, hey, there's an upgrade available for this box. Do you want it? And basically you click on that, it'll download the file and then it'll upgrade the box. And it takes only about a minute and a half to do the entire upgrade. So it's very quick and painless. And that's, that's really the way we do it. Of course, we blast out um, to all the users that we know of and stuff, emails to let them know, here's the release notes, here's the details. But in terms of actually installing it, it's all just firmware that's downloaded automatically um, whenever the user wants to do that. In terms of wants and needs of your dealer base, Pearl 2 sounds like you said there's a lot of legs on it. So it sounds like it's, you know, overperforming what you thought it was going to do when it hit the market a year and a half ago for today's standards. Yeah. Has anyone come back to you and said, hey, I wish there was more of this or I don't have enough inputs. I don't have enough outputs. I don't have, you know, I wish I had, you know, an extra itching my input or whatever the request may be. Has that come across your desk? You know, I, w I wish that I could add this because in my application, I, I just don't have enough. Yeah. You know, it's strangely, it's been almost the opposite where, um, the guys who, I mean, we have six, in six HD inputs on, on Pearl and a bunch of audio inputs that go with that. 
we can bring stuff in over SDI, HDMI, USB. So there's a lot of capability there. What we've seen is a lot of people go, I really love this Pearl 2 product. It looks great. It does the switching and the streaming, the recording, everything I need, but I don't need six inputs and I don't need 4K <laughs> and I don't need, so we're getting the opposite. And as I hinted at ISE, we're going to be um, kind of introducing a little brother to Pearl that's meant to address exactly that issue is people saying, I love the way this product works. I love the way it operates, but it's, it's more than what I need. It's, it's kind of a, kind of a big, a big tool for, for my little job. And so we're, we're basically releasing a little brother to Pearl um, cool. that's going to address that market. So guys who don't need six inputs and, don't need all of that capability. It's the same kind of functionality where you can do all your live switching and mixing and streaming and recording, just scale down a little bit so that, you know, obviously the price tag scales down with it as well. So it's a little more affordable for the guys who look at Pearl too and go, ah, oh, I don't quite need that, but I really love the way the product works. So yeah. Okay. So more, a, more thought, a thought for the future, a, a year yeah. down the line, you know, as technology advances and, um, uh, robots are running the shows and we're just remotely monitoring. <laughs> what about uh, Pearl 3 or whichever, you know, hardware that has, um, what's, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Hardware that you can be more of like a modular based system and or something with software based that you could, you can tell your IOs what they are for those people that say, you know, I don't need all this, but it'd be cool if I have, oh, you know what? I can just change it or I could, put in a card or I can, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we've looked at that and um, I won't say we won't do it, but we haven't done it yet. I mean, one of the okay. concepts we looked at for Pearl 2 was actually, you know, we had to decide on original Pearl, we had two VGA ports, two SDI ports and two HDMI ports. And then uh, as we predicted, gradually the, the need for VGA really started to decrease, which is a good thing. And people are moving away from those analog signals and that's a good thing. So when we came to Pearl 2, we removed the VGA ports and replaced those with two HDMI ports. And then we upgraded the other two HDMIs to be 4K and that kind of thing. Um, one of the things we debated in that whole design cycle was, should we be moving to modular cards that you know, where you go, okay, today I need four HDMIs and two SDIs. Tomorrow, maybe I need four SDIs and two HDMIs. Right. So there was this debate around, do we, do we have these little two port cards that you can kind of mix and match? Um, but one of the, one of the ways around that, instead of going down that route of these modular things that you would have to plug in, because that creates a lot of, um, I would say mechanical, um, room for fault and, and right you could break things potentially exactly and, and i mean one of the cornerstones of the pearl 2 platform was it's got to be absolutely robust this is something that people drag around from show to show to show and it's just got to work every single time okay so we really cringed the whole idea of a replaceable module but what we did do instead was the usb3 ports that are on the back of the pearl 2 we have uh in our other product line uh, AVIO uh, external capture cards, which will basically then take SDI or HDMI or VGA or whatever you need and convert it to USB. So what that allows you to do is if you Pearl 2 comes with four HDMI ports and two SDIs, if you run into a case where you need three or four SDI ports, you just drop two of these little modules in, plug them into the USB ports and suddenly you got two more 
SDI ports. Or if you run across, you go, oh, now I'm in a, a venue that's got this old VGA cabling. I need a VGA port in a Pearl. You just do the same thing. You take our HDIO, put it in front, plug it into the, into the USB port, and suddenly you've got you know, your VGA port available. So we're not quite at the universal sort of software programmable input that would be that would be great yeah um, we, we don't see uh i guess at, at least at this point we haven't seen a really elegant way of doing that um, sure common well, though as fpga technology sort of programmable chips get a little bit more advanced and and the cores available for them that's one way that we might be able to do that in the future is, is just reprogram an FPGA to go today. You need two HDMIs. Here you go. Tomorrow you need two SDIs. Here you go. That's something that we're always looking at is, is ways to make it more configurable. Well, the fact that you can plug in uh, earlier devices via USB to give them, you know, some of those legacy inputs like VGA or such uh, allows them to do so now. So it's not quite what I, what is asking, but it still allows them to, Oh yeah, I've got one of those in my bag, no problem. Boop, done. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's kind of what we did for this kind of generation of Pearl 2. Uh, you know, for Pearl 3, maybe we will get, you know, whenever that is, maybe we will get to the point where they're just software programmable interfaces. And today, you know, the problem that we see is that each of those interfaces has a very specific connector, physical connector. Right. So at some point you it's a little harder than have a whole bunch of those on the back. Yeah. And then internally connect them in where you need them or you have to get around that somehow. And, and so that the physical connections, you know, SDI are all BNC based, but HDMI has got its own cable and VGA is different again. So that's part of the challenge is just all the physical connectors are completely different. Um, so you kind of have to at least know what people are going to connect to it in advance to give them the right physical connector uh, sure. to make sense of their cable. Okay, well, that's that's more than I could have asked for. I mean, like I said, you, it's not quite the modular-based system, but again, you can still do it with the devices that you you sell today. So exactly. it's not quite there, but you've thought about all that already. So, well, is it necessary at this point in time? Not really. The problem being is the connection points, and there's a lot of older yeah. style. Yeah. So what do you do? Yeah, and I think as we move forward, when we talked about you know the more uh, cloud-based system like AV Studio, um, that approach is where we get to, you know, less of a multi-port box at the site and instead of their single encoders. And in that case, then, you know, you can really say, well, I've got a bunch of HDMI encoders in my bag. I got a bunch of SDIs. I got some VGAs. So that becomes a lot more modular where you're not trying to upfront decide I need two of these and four of those hmm. you just have single encoders. So you say, Oh, this camera is SDI. I pop one of those on and this computer is HDMI. I pop one of those on. And so as we move the intelligence that sits inside of Pearl two today, as we migrate that more towards the cloud, then the devices at the edge become super simple and much more modular. And I think eventually we will end up there where you just have a bunch of these different devices in your bag and you go, okay, the guy hands me an HDMI signal, pop that one out of my bag and off I go. And then in the cloud is where you're going to then combine your six, you know, SDIs with your two HDMIs or whatever and do all your kind of switching and your magic there. So I think we'll get to that. But right now we're kind of in that intermediate stage where it's sort of modular, but not completely. Hmm. Well, I, I'm, I'm interested to see the evolution of Pearl and uh, what's coming, you know, 
like you said, you've got a new device coming soon, which everyone can see at ISC, Hall 11, Booth C. I don't remember the rest. Please remind me. E115. E115? C as in Charlie. C as in Charlie, 115. Hall 11, C115, Epifan Video. Go see Pearl 2. Go see Pearl 2's little brother or sister, I believe. That's is right. Soon. Yeah, it's going to be called Pearl Mini, I can tell you that. So. Pearl Mini! I got it. I got something. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Um, I think this is a great place to end the video, end the show. Sorry. Okay. End the show, because I don't want to give any more info away. I'd prefer people just came to see you guys directly, and if you're yeah. listening, go see David Kirk. Go to the show. I see it's in Amsterdam, or as I like to call it, Amsterdam. You'll find out when you get there. And uh, Hall 11, C115. Check them out and let me know. Maybe you guys can even stream a video so I can see Pearl Mini because I won't be there to see, get some hands-on. And we'll be doing that for sure. Every year we, we do some live streaming right from the booth every day to kind of update everybody on what's going on in the show and what we got at our booth. So for sure, we'll, I'll, we'll have I'll make sure to reach out to you guys via social media. But before we get there, if anyone is listening and you're interested in becoming a dealer, or they just want to learn more about your products, Pearl 2, Pearl Mini, AV Studio, all of the above and everything in between, what's the best place to go to and or learn more? Well, our website, obviously, epifan.com. Um, that's the first place to start. And then from there, you know, you can always contact us at info at epifan or support at epifan. Um, either of those addresses uh, will take you right to either our sales guys or our support guys. And then we can kind of connect with you from there to figure out what else you need. But there's tons of information on the epifan site itself. And then, of course, on YouTube, as I mentioned, we've got tons of training videos and all kinds of stuff there that you know, describes the products and getting a lot of detail of how to set them up and what the capabilities are. So there's lots to see there, but you can always reach out to us at info at epifan.com as well. Cool. And uh, if anyone is interested in reaching out social, like I'm going to do during CEDIA, I mean, uh, ISE, sorry, CEDIA and ISE. Uh, if you want to reach out to them that way, you can find them on the Twitters at epifan video. That's E P I P H a N video at Epifan video. They're also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Epifan video as well. And of course the videos on YouTube, as you mentioned, which good educational stuff there, I would start there. It's my opinion, but it's you digest their info. However you'd like head over to youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Epifan systems. And for anyone who wants to reach out to me personally and you want to scream at me, you want to say hi, you want to give me pointers on the show, you want to be on the show, more importantly, email me at johnny, J-O-H, and then Y at ravepubs.com. That's plural, ravepubs.com. Uh, I'm on the Twitters as well, so I'll be tweeting them during the show at jmoto3, it's Instagram as well, and Facebook, yada, yada, all the other places. Just Google my name. It'll everything will turn up good. But if you find something bad, that's my evil twin. That's probably Jmoto3 on Snapchat. Don't follow him. He's evil. You can follow J, uh, AB underscore Insider on Snapchat. But again, Johnny at RayFubs.com. David, thank you so much for being on the show and educating us about Pearl Two and Pearl Mini. It was my pleasure. Thanks a lot for uh, inviting us on. Oh, one more thing I should know. Uh, if you head over to Epifan Video, or sorry, I keep saying that wrong. Epifan.com, which of course is E-P-I-P-H-A-N.com, Epifan.com. You can now, I don't know when this happened, but you can definitely shop with them using Bitcoin. I see it on the website. 
And I am amazed. I've been having this conversation with colleagues for the last several weeks because of the plunge that happened on uh, Bitcoin. However, that being said, Epifan takes your Bitcoin. So head over to epifan.com for all your live video needs. Uh, thank, thank you so much, David. I, I appreciate your time. And after the show ends IC and you get farther down the line and, and the roadmap starts to unfold, I would love to have you back. It'd be great to be back. Maybe another three, four months kind of thing. We'll Sounds great. Think up again and we can talk about some new stuff coming down the pipe. Sounds great. Everyone, this has been AV Insider. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next show.